0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully. With expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news...
1: Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that brings together three good friends to answer three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. Uh, today we're joined by a teetotaler in the form of one of my oldest muckers on the block. Doesn't sound sexy, does it, now? <laughs> Not really Sorry, no. Sorry, babe. It's alright. It's Melanie Sykes, who you'll remember from everything from today with Desert Mel to Let's Do Lunch with Gino and Mel, uh, recently in the jungle, and most currently, to be heard every Saturday on the glorious airwaves of Radio 2 with Alan Carr.
2: Because I woke up January the 1st and thought, right, I can genuinely now say I'm 50 next year and I'm no longer doing things that I don't want to do.
1: Joining Mel is another Mel. It's her best friend and former agent, now turned author, Melanie Cantor. Whose first book is called Death and Other Happy Endings and is out in June.
3: I had a casting agent came over, and actually I'm now in a dub campaign. So, and I am
1: sixty-one. And completing today's lineup, it's Dr. Louise Wiseman, a former GP who is currently writing Your Best Life, a doctor's secret guide to radiant health for over forty, and she's about to become the resident medical writer for Frank, Melanie's brand-spanking new magazine.
2: Are you ready? end up with the people that you should be with at the end of the day, yeah. so... Or well, you yeah, end yeah, up so.
3: with the people you shouldn't be with and then you move on. Yeah, well, I think
2: you move on... Well, it's yeah. been getting quicker and quicker for me. <laughs> <laughs> Next!
1: <laughs> Melanie's new online magazine! Oh, Yay! Which launched on Monday, and please, it's it's frank dot... It's thefrankmagazine.com. Thefrankmagazine.com. Tell me, Mel, tell me why... And what's it for?
2: Right, well, it's a, It's basically, um, a friend of mine came to me at the beginning of the year and suggested that we start a magazine for 40-plus women, something that really spoke to What, us. three months ago? Yes. You've babe. done this in under three months? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, um, my goodness. And obviously, it's a role. I mean, I'm editor, and it's a role that I'd never experienced before, but I think everything that I've done up to this point has kind of um, given me the tools to do it, actually. And I've slotted into it, and I'm loving what I'm doing, um, just just organising the whole thing, getting people to write for it, organising photo shoots. I mean, we did a fashion shoot recently that I organised, and it was the first time I'd not been in front of camera. But I've been in t- uh, photographic studios since I was 19 for 30 years, and all of a sudden I was there to oversee a shoot. And I can't tell you how comfortable I felt. Like, more comfortable than I ever felt being photographed. Really? So I found my little niche. But the magazine is for women over 40. We're covering health fitness wellbeing. we've got motoring section we've got travel and it's and even our models are 40 plus we're not having that thing where you buy the magazine and they're all in the 20s and it's not that I love looking at beautiful pictures of young women it's great but actually I'd quite like to see women my age wearing the clothes well you want
1: to see yourself reflected in society don't you yeah I mean I love Cara Delevingne but I don't think she's the right person to advertise anti-wrinkle cream but no, she does.
2: Does she? She does. And she's really like twenties. She's in her
1: twenties.
2: Well, it was interesting. Even booking models, for example, models one who I dealt with, they have a classics board. That's what they call women over a certain age. Classics. Classics board. Oh my god. But, but she's fine. But is the, it? The, well, the you're not even halfway through your life at forty. No, but what else are they going to? What, what else do you say? I mean, as a title, it's not too offensive. I don't. I, I don't think. But women aren't of that age. Aren't doing fashion shoots, they're doing QVC and things like that. And it's insane that these women aren't working more and I think it is changing. You see a lot more advertising now with older women in.
3: Yes, you do. Can I interject here? Yeah, of course you can. I was um, scouted at 60 sitting on Kings Cross Station I had a casting agent came over, and actually, I'm now in a Dove campaign. So, and I am 61, as, we, as we've established. Oh my goodness! So when I on turned Billboard. 60,
1: she's a Dove model. No, yes, Melanie. I so when like, she told me, I was like, yes. Yeah.
3: Girl comes flying towards me. She's blonde. She's young. She's cute, and she says, oh, "I hope you don't mind. I hope you don't mind that." I'm casting for a campaign. I don't know if you've heard of Dove. Yes. So she says, "Have you ever been an actor or a model?" And I said, "Well, have you seen me stand up?" Because I'm not tall. How tall yes. are you, Melanie? Just under five foot. Let's just say five foot. Five okay. foot. Hovering five foot. Yeah, five foot. Definitely. Yeah. No, I'm not. Anyway, so um... <laughs> it's
1: radio. It's radio. It's radio. It's radio. My purpose is for the podcast. I'm, I'm five <laughs> eleven. Five <foot>. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, while you're at it, yeah. oh, gosh, look at me in my slender size six dress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mel, you've chopped on some weight. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, that's a bit below the belt. Of course it is. I'm just talking about things that are never going to happen.
3: <laughs> well, I'm actually on... I know for sure that I'm on billboards in Sweden. I'm big in Sweden. Fantastic. <laughs> She's big Tell Tell about it, the elves
1: and and louise again you've you've you know this is a common ground that that all of you share is that you're trying something new you're pulling away from the old and stepping yes. into the new yes. you've yes. stopped seeing patients you've yes. decided, you've dedicated all of all, all of your experience as a gp to writing for women well, of it, a
4: certain age it didn't start out quite like that because i was going to write a novel which i wrote half of and all my colleagues were worried i was going to put them in it because it was a medical thriller and i haven't <laughs> i haven't finished that but I decided um, a couple of years ago that I needed to put my medical hat back on because I'd been at home with the children and they were older. And so I thought, all my friends are asking me if we have wine or coffee, what do I eat? What do I put on my skin? Does this work? How will I get younger? All these questions, a lot of which I might have known part of the answer to. And I used to say, like, I have to charge you money here, you know, because it was so recurrent that they kept asking did me. Did you really charge them? Of course I did. Oh good. charge them. <laughs> You don't know me yet. This is after a few a bit drinks. Mercenary. No, of course I didn't. Of course I didn't. <laughs> so I thought what I'll do is I'll write all the stuff that people used to come into me as a GP, women mainly, would come into me, ask me something, there might be a quick answer, but then I'd scribble them a list of go and read this, look up about this supplement, read about this or whatever send them home with it. Maybe I could put all of those scribbles into a book, the things that the doctor doesn't have time to tell you now in an eight-minute consultation. Mine used to run to about 25 minutes, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) And then alongside that, I'd interview women over 40 up to in their 80s, I've interviewed, who had done something amazing with their life, usually actually changing over 40 like these two have with me. And the same as me changing from being a GP to trying to write is just a completely different world
1: it's, it's a totally new role you're taking on i'm so proud of you thank made you
2: would well, you know what it, it, the, the timing of it is perfect as well because i woke up january the 1st and thought right i can genuinely now say i'm 50 next year and i'm no longer doing things that i don't want to do genuinely that's, that's bold yeah and i, I what, what does that well, does do that well it kind of means i've i'm not really going to be presenting tv shows i sort of kind of Don't want to do it anymore. I'm all right if I'm working with somebody else, but I'm... Like Alan. Like Alan. Alan Carr, I will definitely do a show with him. I'm not that interested in hosting alone and doing the high pressure of the big hello and welcome. It sends shivers down my spine. I have been doing it for 20 years and I've never, ever really loved it. I loved it with Des... And there were moments in Gino and Mel that I enjoyed. But really, it used to take a huge deal, a great deal of effort for me because I don't like being in front of a camera, believe it or not. And I, for 30 years, I've been, well, I modelled first, really uncomfortable in front of camera, got away with it. Then got into TV, got away with it. And I know people genuinely like to see me and they do, but I wasn't loving it. And I yeah. think you get to this stage where you've got to love what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I think you were on the right at fifty to decide I, what works for you, yeah. for sure. I, I think
2: people
3: um, will be amazed to hear actually that you didn't love it. I know, well, which is really because I was frightened. Yeah. I mean,
1: anxiety is not even in it. But yeah, I remember talking to you when you first switched to from modelling to going on camera. That's when we we were kind of you know
2: we were doing that circuit, weren't we? Yeah, the time entertainment doing a lot of the same shows yeah.
1: together and stuff, and you say. Oh, don't you find that like when you have to do a piece of cam, you feel sick? And I'd say oh, God, no. you remember me saying that? Yeah. Oh, oh babe, God. that's and not sh- changed. Yeah, and and it hasn't <laughs> changed, right? And, you'd, and then you'd say, don't you find like the scripts, you know, and like the throw to breaks and stuff? And I'd say, but and i all these years yeah. on, it's still it's has- still the same.
2: But now... You've uh, not
1: settled into it. It's, no, I never it, do, do. you feel like it's a bit like oil and water? You're just not meant to be. I, I'm
2: just... I, well, I, I, I would
1: argue that you are, by the way. You're brilliant on camera now. No, that's the thing. Nobody's, I know, and Absolutely.
2: everybody no. says like, no. that, and that's yeah. fine, and that's really good, and that's why... I, that, and, that, and they're right. Yeah, no, and You are good. No, I think people watch me and connect with me, and that's good, because I, I'm there, but as a presenter, I'm not sure I've got the skills for that. But I can talk to people and
3: touch people, in a way. I think what's fascinating about it and what's really interesting for people to hear is the fact that you can feel the fear and do it anyway. This yeah, so oh, God, I was doing It's really that. important that people know that sometimes it's not easy what you're doing, no. but if you can actually get past it and pretend like you feel okay and pretend like you're relaxed. That's, huge... that's quite a skill. And it's a skill in a way that we need in life.
2: Yeah. The big thing for me regarding the magazine as, a, as well as wanting to spread the word and make women feel amazing to, the, to their dying day, is that I actually, for the first time in my life, am promoting something that's not me. I can't tell you how good that feels. Mm. You know, I'm so bored of exploiting myself. <laughs> oh, yeah, that sounds <laughs> terrible.
1: <laughs> Hear you,
2: but it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've got a yoga range coming out of year. and,
1: and I'm and still up for a bit of exploitation. You know, Can you believe we've not even got to a question? I know, I was just thinking <laughs> um, first question, ladies. Melanie Cantor, you have written a very insightful article on rejection for Frank Magazine. Melanie Sykes' new magazine. And I thought that threw up some really interesting questions because rejection is a necessary evil in life. It hurts, but it often provides some of our most valuable life lessons. So in your experiences, what's it taught you? I suppose the biggest... I mean, we all have small rejections that we
3: kind of get on with and deal with. And I think when you're younger, you're a bit fearless and you just carry on. Uh, But when I gave up being a super-duper agent and became a novelist. I did make the assumption that it would, at some stage, happen. And it didn't. And I got rejected time and time and time again. But the first time was really, really tough. I thought I'd never get up again. I really? Just, yeah. But I you're mean, an
1: agent. You've listened to no a lot over the years. I know. On behalf of your clients. You exactly. Know, you know that the odds are that, that you're going to hear no more than Yes. But if I'm really honest, I was uh, I was
3: a successful agent for successful people. So I always knew that success would come along, whereas I was a no-one as an author, mm-hmm. and I was treated as no-one as, as an author. You know, so when just... you got that first rejection, you say
1: you, you didn't you could get so out bad. what bed, happened
3: I... was it actually... The, the point was, I suppose, it felt really bad because I did get picked up by an editor who was really interested and took me along a route, and I was made to feel that this book was going to get published and told what the marketing campaign would be like and blah, 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 blah. And then marketing didn't see it the same way. So it got rejected. So I got rejected (coughs) after being led along a route thinking it was going to happen. So maybe that made it worse. I don't know. I just think that the first major rejection is really tough. And you think you're never going to write again. You're never going to have another idea. And then you do. Mm -hmm. Then you pick yourself up and you write again. And you you know, you have you try and you, again. And you try again, and then you get rejected again. And actually, it becomes easier getting rejected, and you realise that the only thing you have to do in this life now is write. Because if you weren't passionate about writing, it's too painful. The point is the rejection's tough, but the actual writing process mm. is wonderful. And then the beginning of last year, February of last year, I finally got myself an agent. <gasps> And when the email actually came through, I kind of read it. You know, I really like you, blah blah blah. blah and I was waiting for the but because it was always yeah, I really like but, and, and the but didn't come, and I cried. Aww,
1: <laughs>
3: and it, it was amazing, and I have to say, um, I'm working with so Felicity Blunt is my agent at Curtis Brown, and she came up with this great title, agency as well. And I got the best agent. That's the whole point is that maybe I do believe this, but. I think there's a time for everything. Everyone has their time. Everything has its time. And hopefully this is my time. So, and this is the right book. Of all the books that I've written, I'm so proud of this. And I think that's what you, the book that goes out there into the world, you want to be really proud of, and I am. It's just, it's been a really great experience working with, my editor, Susanna, and, the, and it's being published in the States as well, so the editor's wow,
1: over there. Well just been, done. It's been so exciting. Yeah. Actually, what you've learned is persistence through your own experiences Tenacity, of rejection. absolutely. And that failure's okay. Did it make you look back on, on, on looking after clients like Mel, who, when you, you know, I mean, I know when my agent phones me, and my agent's called Melanie just for the sake of throwing in <laughs> another <laughs> Melanie to the park, I know, I can tell just by the tone of her voice when she calls me and it's bad news. I just know yeah. and, and, not, and she tries so hard to do it as wonderfully as possible yeah. um, and really does try to, to roll it in glitter but you just know so that can't have been easy being the, being the messenger that has to pass on the, the dismal news all the time.
3: No but I mean fortunately there's always good news that eventually comes. I think the thing is that I am that optimistic person and I truly believed in the people that I was looking after so I always felt when I had to deliver bad news that that was just a blip. In Melanie, time. can I can
2: I just interject? You, yeah. The biggest bit bad news that she ever had to deliver to me. You won't believe this in all my 20 years of being in the TV industry. We filmed a series, six parts, ITV, Saturday night, shiny floor, me and Mark Wright, all I in the back, this. done and dusted, <laughs> my man can. That's right. Melanie rings me, they've decided not to run the series. Now I've had pilots not go to series. I've had I've had um yeah, you've had, I've had various things happen. I've never filmed an entire series of a show and it's that will never out. see the light of day. And the weird thing is I wasn't that upset about it. I don't know if you remember my response. That's I gave well, you because I Well, because you were amazing. I was amazing. The way I <laughs> but, broke that to you, it was like, hooray! for me, I just thought, I don't want something to go out there that yeah. they don't like. Yeah. That's yeah. counterproductive for me. But I just thought... Oh, right. Okay. Wow. Well, I got, I'm still getting paid though, Melanie. Yep. We're still getting paid. <laughs> Fine. Brilliant. You know what? At least a crap product isn't going to go out there that, yeah. I'm, uh, that I'm hosting. But that was the biggest news I've ever been given. Well, I think major, that was probably. That was Melanie. Yeah.
3: That was pretty awesome It was awful quite news mental. To... I mean, have
2: you ever had to tell somebody no, that the entire no, series that you absolutely. just filmed, a hours can. of anxiety, by yeah. the way? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remember this. This wasn't an easy gig in any way, shape, mm. or form. I mean,. There, you go. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was, I just thought I'd tell you that little story. It was quite Thank mad. <laughs> well, I mean, I, yes. know, I mean, it was impossible
1: to travel through life, certainly in our game, and not be able to say you've never been exposed to rejection. So, so how's, how's that formula for with you?
2: With me, and I think when I modelled for eight years, you do eight castings a day and you're probably rejected from eight of them, and you might get one <laughs> in a week that you might get the yeah. job of. And from 19 to 25, I can't tell you how many times I was rejected in, in, um, by photographers. And you suddenly just go, it's not me. There's always somebody more beautiful. There's always, there's, you're not right for the job. If I don't get something, I genuinely think, well, I'm not right for it. So that therefore, I didn't get it.
1: So I don't feel rejection. You don't? No. But that's amazing that you feel this terrible anxiety about doing something you're really good at, presenting. (laughs) And yet when somebody says, we don't want you, you're like, no worries. (laughs) (laughs) Right. to meet you. you were What's right. wrong with you, woman? I don't know. I
2: learned. I learned. I learned to deal with rejection because I was getting so much of it. Mm. Yeah. I think
3: that's true. The more you get of it, the, I had the more it. you like I get. Like
2: I say, I mean, you're going for eight jobs a day when you when you're at your busiest, and you might actually not get any that day, and you're like, okay. And I know it's always based on what you look like. So again, I had to deal with that, and you just go, I wasn't right for it. It's fine. Yeah. And so, yes, it was quite good training. You definitely early become early on.
1: a bit of an armadillo the older you get. Yeah, you? oh,
2: without doubt, without doubt. Yeah. I mean,
1: my my son had his first taste of rejection recently, and I had to sit him down and and talk about rejection. Yeah, like, you know, like you know, this is life, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. there's loads more of this to come. But the, actually, how you deal with it is what what makes you stronger yeah and when yeah. you look back it will make a you reason. the person yeah. that you, yeah. you you really can be yeah and you've got to find the positives and the lessons in it because um i don't ever think of it as failing i think of no. it as learning no, exactly. and and so and he was like well, yeah I but actually... you, you but you don't get rejected Mum." i said are you kidding me ben <laughs> you know 90 of of the work i go for is a no Mm-hmm. so i'm i'm surviving on 10 percent of yeses and those odds mm-hmm. if you'd have said if you said to any same person if they were applying for a job hey here's the career for you. Do you want to be told no 90% of the time? Most people go, get lost. (laughs) No, not for me. No, So, uh, you know, there's almost a sense of like, you know, self-harm to what we do. (laughs) There is. In as much as you're opening yourself up to hurt unless you know how to manage that. This must be something you've seen a lot as a GP if you've not experienced it yourself. Louise.
4: Yeah, I haven't thought about the question from that point of view. I think you see how young people see the world, and it must be very difficult mm. these days with rejection, whether it's romantic, whatever. I think the pressure is different. I I, I, th- I was trying to think about it from a career point of view, and I, I didn't really have it until I started writing, until I started doing my own thing. And then I thought, I just read all these books. This is what you've got to do. You've got to get an agent. You've got to do this particular path. You've got to have a social media following. And I wrote probably 10 letters out to agents at the beginning of last year. And the first rejection was the worst thing. And then by the fifth, you're like, I'm J.K. Rowling now. I've got five rejections. I'm going to get more, you know. And how many did she get until she got published? 24 or something, wasn't it? I know that so might no, Melanie, be wrong. Do you know Melanie that, J.K. Rowling? Because she exactly. Because exactly. people 40. will always
3: say to you, oh, don't worry, J.K. Rowling got and you get she got rejected nineteen times. You get so so fed up. Nineteen times, you get
1: so and she got an advance of two
4: thousand five hundred pounds. Yeah. You get so fed up with hearing
1: that, though. Yeah. She you did say do. that
4: nobody else knows anyone else writing. Yeah. So if you say you're writing, they say, "Oh, don't worry, it's okay. It's Joanne Rowling." But don't forget anyway. She was
1: writing those books in a tea shop because uh, yes. she couldn't afford to. up. Exactly. Yeah, but did oh, you, you the see the that tea exactly. shop? It was a very nice tea shop. <laughs> I was <always laughs> having a Sydney, don't take the this- romance away.
3: Really, the I, woman I, was poor. I always had this image of some poor little cafe that stank of fat and all that kind of stuff, but it was really rather chic. But um, (laughs) I mean, the thing about her, anyway, with I (laughs) said, let's have a go at JK Rowling. But the point is, she had an agent, and it was publishers that were getting, that were rejecting her. For most of us, the first hurdle is getting, getting an agent. agent. Yeah. And that's really, really tough. Yeah. Really, really tough. Then, of course, the next hurdle is getting a publisher. Then the next hurdle is, you know, actually getting readers and et cetera, et cetera. Oh, it never so stops. I hear you. It doesn't stop. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it it does The stop. moment
1: you think, oh, I'm, I'm in, I'm published. Exactly. Like, exactly. No, you're at the start line. Yeah. yeah. And it's a marathon. Yeah, it's a sprint. total marathon.
3: And that's why you have to love it. Can I top you up? Um yes, please okay. do.
1: Let's move to our next question, Kel. In keeping with the theme of your book, Melanie Kenta, Death and Other Happy Endings, this is about a woman who is told she has three months to live and decides, rather than doing the bucket list thing and going out and and, and rinsing every experience she can with the time she's got left, she decides to do what? She decides to write letters to the people who have hurt her
3: and finally be brave enough to tell them all the things she wanted to say but wasn't brave enough and, and tell them what she really thinks, which is basically the truth how she feels.
1: I'd like to ask each of you, if you were, as per the lead in this book, given just three months to live and you had the opportunity to, to go and talk to people or write to people that you have unfinished business with, um, what would you say, what would you write and who would it be to?
4: Does it have to be about being unhappy with them or can it be
3: a letter uh, to someone? It can be anything. I mean the thing is she there is another letter eventually that she realises that she has to write which is an apology. It's all very well saying all those things. See thoughts.
1: automatically when I thought of that and I asked myself that question I'm going straight to a series of apologies <laughs> 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 almost a trilogy really um, of, of people that I would like to make amends with. I'm not even make amends because that would infer that you've fallen out but that you just would like to say yeah sorry. So so it's it's however you interpret the question, really. I'm trying to think. I'm honestly trying to think of things. Well, for me,
2: I mean, Melanie knows me very, very well. And I think as I go along, I'm a very honest person. So I don't feel like I need the threat of death in order to be able to tell people (laughs) I'm (laughs) real. Because I've been doing it forever. I mean, I am very much... Well, I'm just really honest and I have no fear of telling the truth you're not scared of confrontation well no because generally when you tell the truth you don't really get confrontation people go oh god right and whether it's well I just feel like all through my life whatever comes up I tackle and talk about and move on from so I don't feel like I've got anything that I need to tie up Really? Well, honestly, honestly, well, don't think I do. And has that always been in you, Mel, to be that upfront? Well, no, because no, because obviously, when I was when I was younger, you know, um, early twenties, I, I I was quite shy and quite a quiet person. Um, I think my I've developed my personality. Obviously, we do, but the the being authentic bit, I don't feel like I needed to work on and. Yeah, I feel, well, I don't know, in mari- marriage different, in marriage different, like the mm. fir- my first marriage, I probably wasn't honest about my feelings for most of it, because I was unhappy and I didn't say anything, which is amazing now, because I can't imagine putting myself through that. But that's probably that.
1: you wishing that those feelings weren't real, and once you say them, then they're real. Then they're out right? there, well, they. well, yeah, yeah, but yeah it would
2: yeah. Do- yeah. Yeah and also I'm when I got married I it was forever as mm-hmm. far as I was so um so whatever was going on I had to stick to it because I meant it when I said mm-hmm. it but actually you don't have to stick around for something that's painful but in terms of girlfriends and things like that all my friends say you know if you ask me if if they ask me a question they're going to get my honest answer whether mm. it will be painful or not painful and i have lost friends over it because i don't i don't soften my response to make somebody feel better if you if you want my advice you're going to get it and and if you want to take it that's up to you but is that why the magazine's called frank because probably, you are. Yes. <laughs> i mean it's the perfect name i am pretty frank
1: yeah but I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
2: No, there isn't, it, it, and it's good because you just. I, 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 I think it's
1: terribly efficient, actually, because you're not you're not kind of spending well, too much time, but kind of saying half of what you really feel. It's yes. like say it, mean it, own it, yeah. move on and move on. And it's, it doesn't have to be anything aggressive. It could just be
2: a very simple scenario. Um. Or, or somebody hurt me or somebody says something I'll go listen you know what you really upset me yesterday because you said this this and this and then you can have a chat about it mm. instead of it festering and then your relationships start going to shit and that can be with girlfriends too so I'm just very Melanie can you think of anything I don't know if we've ever had that but I'm very think, straightforward, aren't do I? You know what I, I'm amazed
1: with you two is that you worked together for so long, and then Mel, you you left Melanie as your agent. She left me and went to another <laughs> agent, but <laughs> no, no, you retained you your I, friendship. You know, That's brilliant. Yeah,
2: but the only reason for that is is that when when people were calling Melanie for me, they're only calling for me. Whereas when you went in, in a bigger agency, they're calling for anybody that fits the bill and your name's in the mix. Yes. So. Yes. It was absolutely
3: fine. We worked together really, really well. We it was there a great was no, time. It wasn't. And, and I kind of felt that I'd done a really good job because you, she was poachable. So yes. she got poached. That was like, fine. <laughs> no, okay. It's and then true. I went back to writing. And that was fine. It was a really good interlude. And there was no way I was going to let it get in the way of our friendship. That's lovely. No, so. and,
2: and we, I said that to you, didn't I? like if I'm with this bit ends, but please let's not, Lose that because yeah. I have had that in the past, where agents have been so upset that I've moved on that they've ceased to be my friend anymore. And you mm-hmm. think God, was our relationship about your twenty percent? Was that yes, all it was. it was? Yes. And you know, and, <laughs> but the fact that you've disappeared out of my life suggests that's the case.
3: But I think the reason why Melanie and I get on so well actually is you know, we're both pretty direct. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. Uh,
3: I, you know, I feel. I mean, this book is. I, I've also. I was actually. The point is, I was brought up that you had to know your place you had to be polite you had to be a good girl all that kind of stuff so there is that bit in me yes but, but this is the antithesis but of that this, this, antith- like, this is hang like, on a
1: minute i've only got 3 months yeah, exactly. Listen.
3: but yes. this is this is about someone who is like that who has just been the good person all her life always wanted to just keep her countenance and be do right by everybody and, and not rock actually the actually what purpose has that served in the end and i'm much more I need to deal with, this is really bugging me. I need to deal with this. So in fact, this is kind of inspired by the fact that I did write a letter to somebody telling them what I really felt. And I suppose that went into my subconscious somewhere and came out as you this idea. So I did You I did. You've walked the
1: walk walked as well as talk walk. the talk.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I did write that how letter. Would, and how did they respond? It was really cathartic. Well, they responded really, really well. It didn't, it? the most important thing for me is they now know how I feel. It didn't need to go anywhere Mm -hmm. beyond that. So even if I never heard back from them, it wouldn't have mattered.
2: Well, I've Set. written letters that I've never sent just to yes. get it out of my head. But head. Out of my head. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that's really sensible exercise, actually. Yeah. Well, to, I think the you you sometimes, because they can be so, it's like uh, vomiting onto But, but also, yeah. So yeah, actually, if you, yeah. if
1: you did it as an exercise and went back and wrote that letter another two days later and then another two yeah, days later, realize... actually, the letter would
3: change very dear, yeah, like, dramatically, uh, yeah. I would imagine. I once wrote an email, it was actually to my ex-husband. <laughs> it was to do with the divorce. And it was very, very early on with emails and it was when emails you know you'd put an email into save or whatever it was and the server would gather things up
1: Mm-mm.
3: and it got sent
1: no he didn't it didn't send a,
3: a draft it was just it was literally it was that kind of moment of putting everything down oh. everything out there Everything, 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 anger, a brain anger, dump. anger, and then you go back and you go right, take, yeah, that, out, yeah, take that out, take that yeah. out. No, it went.
2: How did he take it?
3: Well, I think the decree nice I came through very quickly.
2: No. So it worked. No, <laughs> so, no, no. Maybe has, just write in it way, down on a piece of in a paper.
3: Way, I mean, it was unfortunate, <laughs> but in a way okay, so that was the truth. That really was how yes, I felt. so it's not You know, it was like, yeah, get on, the, let's deal with it.
1: And we did deal with it. I think we did oh, deal God, with it. Oh, God, that horrible sweat you have when you think... Oh, my, my God, God it was something. awful. Thing. You look well, doubtful. You only, end, you
2: only end up with the people that you should be with at the end
3: of the day, yeah. so... Well, you yeah, end up with so. the people you shouldn't be with and then you move on. Yeah, well, I think
2: you move on... Well, it's yeah. been getting quicker and quicker for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Next! <laughs> I'm, t- I'm nearing the end of uh, yeah, I'm past my 40s now. <sighs> oh, do you God. know what, though? I think there's a sense in that. There's an intolerance that comes with age. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. I'm like, you know, you're right. Why am I going to eke this out for another couple of years? Ain't when time. I'm, I, go, go. I haven't got two years. I Sorry.
3: No. I mean. What do you think when you get to my age? That's why I've been single for about oh, six I, years now. Have you really? Yeah, I have. And it's been really lovely with you know nothing no nothing no Honestly, date no, no well maybe the occasional date but nothing yeah.
1: really and I mean I'm not asking have you had have you had a full meal but maybe a snack <laughs> no oh you should definitely snack and I'm
2: snack. definitely not getting into this conversation
1: <laughs> shall we move to our final yeah. question <laughs> <laughs> but seriously Melanie snack away said, thank you very much little and <laughs> often I find <laughs> 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 Okay, final question. Final. When did you last receive what felt like a really backhanded compliment?
2: I, I get them all the time. Like, mainly on social media because people <laughs> say things like, uh, you look great for an old bird. <laughs> and you're like, mm, I look great, full stop exclamation point <laughs> would have been great yeah. but it's always for an old bird no or, not always no I mean yeah. if I do get yeah, a, yeah, yeah okay. if I do get a backhanded compliment yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it looks like yeah. and and I get written about a lot as being a fitness fanatic which I find a backhanded compliment also in a way because I'm not fanatical about fitness I do it like I blow dry my hair every day. It's just what I do. Yeah. So I'm not fanatical about blow drying this bob, for example. It's actually a pain in the ass, But I do it every day because I have to. And exercise is part of my mental health. Yeah. And I'm not, not doing that. So I'm not fanatical about it. I just know I can't function without it. So I do it and that's alright <laughs> so there's funny backhanded compliments like that those are the only ones I can think of off the top of my head people don't generally do it to your face I don't
3: think I think social media is really odd for backhanded compliments because the thing is you don't hear the nuance in what yeah. people are saying yeah. and that's the same like social media emails emails Tweet, whatever, whatever, you know, sort of messages. Even on WhatsApp, and you... People
2: tend to WhatsApp um, more than they have a conversation. Yeah. I've got very. I love my voice,
3: note.
1: yeah, I mean, do voice, voice notes. Yeah, I do voice notes. Yeah. voice um, yeah. note. Is it? You're person. another voice note oh, person, aren't you?
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. Melanie yeah.
3: is
4: the only person I know who does the voice note. Things. So <laughs> when we started texting on WhatsApp, I'm used to texting really fast. And she keeps saying, and what's this? How do I play this? How do I even hear it? Yeah. Now well, I'm used he's to so it. It's yeah. so efficient. I can't
3: type as fast as I can talk. No. So but talk I, I it. love it. No, but it. that's a good thing because that's what I'm saying. Then yes. I absolutely hear what you're saying yes. without trying to yes. guess because what you're implying. I think on social media
4: it can yeah. be bad and so much... Can you be can, miscommunicated yeah, yeah. and you have this responsibility to be careful what you put out there, but you do want to be honest and you want to reach people. So you're always going to offend somebody. Yeah, with you what have you to write. Have a tough hide. It's difficult as a yeah, doctor because like, I have to yeah, toe the middle got a line bedside. and I don't give medical advice on Instagram or anything. I'm trying to be motivating to women. And I think that's the thing with the magazine. I didn't start on social media, thinking that all these people would be writing, you make me feel that I can do something. You've cheered me up. I didn't start, didn't knowing that that would happen. I started it purely because I thought you had to do it if you were going to publish a book. I didn't know it would become this network of women who were saying, at 50, I've started weight training. I've changed my body. At 60, I've started a new business. You know, and I've got women I've interviewed who are working in their 80s and they are still communicating with younger people who they are educating about things and they're exciting to those younger people but so it's
1: that's the most natural thing in the world I don't you think that everybody of all ages would interact yeah. and exchange but information it and experience now, does and it? It? it's passing on wisdom lessons yeah. learnings advice yeah. you know from one end of the spectrum to the other there's so much about it now and the same with the, we oh, i mean we digress massively and compliments but the, same thing, have, compliments,
4: but, the but, same thing with being a woman and having friends though if you have friends and you have a social support when you get older, you're gonna live longer, you're gonna be happier. There's more evidence now. So Is that true? It's actually true. My God, I'm gonna be like 150. <laughs> <laughs> I and think also actually, having you know... friends
3: of different ages. Mm. I mean, I had a friend, sadly, he's gone now, but he reached 100, but he was so full of wisdom. He mm. was wonderful. And then I have friends who are in their 20s and 30s yeah, who same. I yeah. get a kind of fearlessness from and, you know, and they, they say to me things like, oh, you're inspirational, which I kind of don't want to be because that means I'm the old one.
1: But that you know can I mean? be compliment? Like, yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> exactly. Oh,
3: you're really lot. inspirational. <laughs> I want a mum like you. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am old enough to be your mum. Fair enough. Um, but, yeah, I think having friends across the board literally is just, it's wonderful. And, in fact, to be honest, I, I talk about the age. You forget the age. That's the point, mm. is you forget age. I really hope
1: we can get to a point in our society, I don't know when we became so obsessed with pigeonholing people mm. to their ages. Mm. I think I always like to look at people in their life stages. Yeah, people yeah. Who, for who they are. Yeah, And that means, you know, have I just had a family? Am I just about to buy my first home? Have I got an appetite to travel? Those are those are the stages that you hit in life. Uh, I think age is but a number. Definitely. Yes, exactly. exactly. Just, just a number. Yes. Yeah. And if you added up all of our numbers around this table, we'd be, you know... Okay, hand. I help. <laughs> <did. laughs> not so much, no, <laughs> Melanie. I'm not, we're not far
2: behind that, you. No, we're not that far behind you. But one of my, my, one of my friends is in her 80s. She's probably my oldest friend. She used to be the portrait photographer for The Times and The Telegraph. And she's shot politicians and dancers and really important people. And she's a housebound now. which is a real shame. And she wasn't when I first started being friends with her. But I can't tell you how much fun I have with her. Like, I go there and the questions she asks me are just so close to the bone and funny and naughty and you know she's still really vibrant as a person Mm -hmm. but she's just stuck at home so she's she can be quite down sometimes but she is I love going seeing her and um, some of my friends will be like oh it's so nice that you go and visit Sally I'm like I'm not visiting mm. Sally she's my <laughs> mate it's not as as I'm as 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 visiting yes, exactly I don't <laughs> to say I'm going visiting <laughs> with my friend Melanie tomorrow it just wouldn't even occur to me to say something and it's like oh you're so good that you go and see Sally but <laughs> but like, yeah. like you're like,
1: help, the community yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and she's genuinely even she sounds even, great now. she's wiki mm. fun she's wiki fun and she's always asking me questions about what's going on in my life and she's so direct and I just love it, I thrive off it plus she's bloody interesting and her life's been amazing and I get to hear all about that so it's just a two way street as all friendships should be but it's certainly not a visiting hour but then when you think
4: about it, most of us, you can still feel like you're 26 inside. It doesn't right. matter. I'm 45, but to be honest, I've stuck at 26 in my head mentally I'm in some like ways.
2: Still
3: you have experience. I think I've stuck at 23. But you still, still, still like having four. fun. You still like having four fun. Four really? Yeah. I don't know why I stuck at I 23. I can't even work
2: it out. Maybe yeah. I was
1: a teenager. Maybe I'm a
3: teenager.
2: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And I, I, don't I really know. look forward to you regressing.
1: You don't think about it. You don't think about it. I think at this age, but certainly, when we have young children, I know yours are grown up now, Melanie. Um, you, you are, you have a weight of responsibility, we and, and then you know you talk to other women whose children have flown the nest, and you realise that they get a little bit of them back, and I think there's yeah. there's time for a, another dance. You Definitely, know. yeah. Time for you Definitely. to I'm waiting again. for that dance. Get those shoes on. Let's do it. <laughs> you are doing it. What are you talking about? You've just published your book. I am dancing, book. yes,
3: exactly. You, you are. are yes. I am dancing. I'm always dancing. You just mean
1: romantically. Yes. Yeah.
3: With no, a, I don't. Not with a dog. I've got a dog. It's fine. <laughs> <The
1: dog's> fine <laughs> Back now. to the dog. Everything always comes back to the dog. Oh. <laughs> Girls, thank you so much. I want to wish you all the luck in the world with Frank. I will be reading it. Thank you. Uh, thank and, you. And we would implore everybody listening to this podcast, give it a go. It's thefrankmagazine.com. It is. It, it is. launches on April the 1st. A risky date. I know,
2: well, yes. Yeah, I know. But, you know, it's only fool's day for the beginning part of the morning and then it's no longer fool's day. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. Um, well, there's no fool like an old fool. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be that old fool. <laughs> um, this is a, a new magazine that was born in January as a concept and is being published in just literally three months. I can't wait to see what you all have to say and share Thank you so much, ladies. Thank Thank you. Will you come back again one day? (laughs) Yeah. How was your white wine question time? It was fabulous. I I loved loved it. it. Yeah. 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 I'm quite drunk now. Very good company. (laughs) I'm dancing. (laughs) (laughs) She's out. Out. Don't forget, if you'd like to get in touch with us, please do. We would love hearing from you. Our email address is time at yahoo.com. You can find us on Twitter at whitewineqt, or you can follow me on Instagram. I'm thekate Thornton. If you've got questions that you'd like to suggest for future guests, please do. We'd love you to. As always, White Wine Question Time is produced by me, Kate Thornton, and Caitlin Mercer, along with the team at Yahoo. Our music has been provided by the marvellous Andy Bell. As always... Wine has been consumed for your entertainment purposes during the making of this podcast, but please do as we do and drink responsibly.